Welcome to today's episode. Today I'm joined by Travis Tingle. Travis currently coaches and trains athletes of many ages, but today I wanted to discuss his journey and experience playing Division I baseball and playing pro baseball as well. So Travis, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it, Jamie. So like every other episode, before we get uh, into the action, I want you to give our viewers a brief overview on yourself and what you do today. Yeah, man, I'm uh, 30 years old, um, born and raised in St. Clair in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, moved to St. Louis about four years ago after I uh, got done playing. Um, coach Bill Maria Harristow reached out to me, asked me about a pitching coach position, so I took that and at the time, uh, the St. Louis Gamers and Matt Whiteside needed a pitching coach for their 18-year-old team. So uh, they allowed me to do that and also work camps in the summer. So I've been doing that ever since, and this is going on year four. Awesome. So let's start uh, talking a little bit about your Division One and, like I guess, your younger years of baseball. How exactly, to start, how did you get into baseball? Um... I think it was more of a sports in general. I grew up, I played literally everything. Didn't really like football, but I played it. My dad was a big football player in high school, all state. Um, but my, I think my first love was basketball. I really liked basketball and um, going through high school and you were five, six, five, seven, hadn't hit my growth spurt yet. Uh, I don't really think basketball was in the future. So, um, I mean, and I was always a, a well-rounded. I always played shortstop first base, center field, catcher. So I think baseball was just a, uh, a normal thing, normal athletic uh, sport to play. And it's a crazy thing because I never really pitched until I started getting older and um, starting to get bigger. So starting off baseball, it was more of playing the infield, outfield, just anything to be athletic. Um, Took that all the way up into high school, and then I hit a growth spurt my junior year and walked in the first day of school, and I could see over everybody. I think I was like six, two and a half um, after the first two years being like five, eight, five, nine. So, um, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it is. Both my parents are five, ten. So, um, and then I don't know, pitching just took off, I guess. Uh, I never threw exceptionally harder than anybody, but. I could throw it where I wanted to, and I could command many pitches, and I think that has to attest to playing the infield and having to throw it to first base every time, and if you don't throw it to first base, the guy's going to get on. So mm. um, so let me stop you there. Did you So when you were a junior, did you know that you wanted to play in college, or were you just you know like, I'm enjoying it, I'm getting a little bit better than everybody? No, nah, in high school, when I was growing up, they really didn't show the College World Series like they do all the college baseball they do, they only show legitly when the teams make it to Omaha. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, when I when high school came around, I was already thinking about the future and what I wanted to do. I mean, I didn't want my parents to have to pay for an education. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought the best way to do it would be athletics. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't very much into school. So the academic side and, and putting myself in a book, it really wasn't fun to me, but um, yeah, athletics any way possible, basketball, baseball. Um, I, yeah, I did want to do that in college. So um, I think freshman year, going into it, 
yeah, my dreams was to get an athletic scholarship mm-hmm. to play baseball in college. Gotcha. So you went to Louisville, correct? Um, did they seek you out, or did you kind of send emails to them, so, go to camps? Um, the first two years of college, I went to junior college. Um, take it that nobody wants a 6'3 uh, shortstop that uh, runs a 7.560. So um, I had a couple Division two teams, some junior college reached out to me. I did some workouts for them. Um, and it's crazy because the, uh, the junior college – the week before I was leaving to go, Eastern Kentucky had just got a new coach, and um, he had reached out to me, wanted me to come out and play for them. But uh, I thought that I would try the junior college and see what happens. And the crazy thing is, is that when I committed to the junior college, everybody's like, "Oh, you're going to junior college because you're not smart enough to go to regular college." I'm like. No, it's, I think it just gives me two more years to grow, two more years to get more physical, um, and then it opens up recruitment again like a senior in high school. So I think that was the biggest thing for me, and um, I think the Louisville thing, I think I had some people on the inside talking with them, putting my name out there, because um, really funny, I, would, I was just random one day and I got a phone call from like a number you wouldn't believe is like 502 um 505,000 and like if you see that phone call today you're like oh it's a telemarketer like I'm not picking it up and it's crazy because yeah. I didn't pick it up and ended up being Louisville's coach so um and it just happened one day and to this day I don't know how they got my name my number if it was from my junior college coaches or maybe my high school coach was still working for me so um but th- that's how it is and I think yeah. it was between them University of Kentucky and uh, an HBCU in Daytona Beach called Bethune-Cookman. And um, I think it was just fun to be able to go back home. I could still live at home to stay out of debt. And at that point in time in my life is I wanted to go to Omaha. Like, I always wanted to go, but I didn't want to go as a fan. The first time I wanted to go, I wanted to go as a player. So out of those three schools, Louisville had the most recent success in Omaha. So... Um, that was the decision for me to be able to get to Louisville. Yeah, it seems like everything kind of fell into place, which is is awesome. So after Louisville, uh, I know we we talked about this before, but can you explain? Uh, you said you didn't really get drafted, but you went to an individual type uh, pro ball style. Can you explain that to us and how you uh, like where you ended in your career? Yeah. So um, after my senior year. It was the first year to where now the draft is cut down to 40 rounds. My junior year is still 50, so you got 300 more picks. So they cut 300 picks, which, let's be honest, they really don't need that many players. But in my opinion, I thought that it would happen, um, and it, it just didn't. I had my recruiting coordinator at Louisville and the pitching coach throwing my name out there to other um, teams and – stuff like that and I did some workouts for the Rockies and the Giants and um I guess just nothing ever bit uh being a free agent sign so that following year um I still had a semester of school left and they asked me to come back and help them like being a student assistant they still pay for my school so I got my schooling done and um a coach had reached out and asked me if I wanted to play independent ball which if you're not familiar with independent ball, 
Um, it's basically a league for guys that one didn't get drafted, two had got drafted, and maybe they got the raw end of the deal or messed up while they're in pro ball or whatever. It's another avenue for them to explore to keep on playing. So I took it. Um, it was in Chicago. They're called the Windy Sea Thunderbolts. They play in the Frontier League. And I'll be completely honest with you, in my head when they called, I thought it was a bunch of washed up old guys that couldn't give up the dream of playing baseball. And so I went into my first year being like, well, this is going to be a piece of cake. These guys, sorry to say it, but they're bums. Um, and the Rockies had actually told me that I needed to go play any ball, put some numbers up, and they might have gave me a chance. So I was... I was all for it at that point. I was still in the stage that I was around baseball, so I was still trying to play, not start the real life, and um, get a job. So, gotcha. And was I know you have? Let's talk about your record. Was it the two no hits? <laughs> I know CJ always talks about this, uh, who I'll have on soon. But uh, was that in pro ball? Was yeah. So my second year. Um, yeah, two no-hitters against the same team and back-to-back starts. Um, the one that nobody really knows, so it was a six-inning rain, killed it. Um, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. They didn't, have a, they didn't put a ball out of the infield when I pitched that day. And then it's crazy because that same day, Clayton Kershaw had thrown his no-hitter for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And just being me and that I like social media, I tweeted at him, and it was like, how do you celebrate a no-hitter? Well, the Frontier League had retweeted it, and some of the guys from the Florence Freedom had seen it, and so they tweeted back at me saying, like, it didn't count, blah, 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 all that stuff. So being who we we were on, on a road trip one day, we saw it, and one of my good friends was like, why don't you just throw another one? And I look at him, I'm like, yeah, it's that easy. I'll just throw another <laughs> one. Like... Okay. And then it turns around, um, I think it's two weeks left in the season, and it's crazy that the second one happened while um, my whole family there, my two best friends were there, um, it was actually in Kentucky, and uh, it's crazy because the first inning, I walked the leadoff guy, he got all the way to third, and I was just like, well, here it goes, and he didn't score, but... I was just like, we we're going to lose that game one nothing, and not give it a hit. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I'm not really superstitious or anything. And you get the feeling that when you watch baseball, like guys don't talk to people or everybody wants to stay away from you. And guys are coming up to me and saying, like, you know what's going on? I'm like playing with them. I'm like, no, like, like what, what's going on? And they're like, dude, quit playing with us. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, look at the scoreboard. Yeah. So um, that was a big thing for me. And, I mean, I never – went out and was like, yeah, I'm going to throw another one against these guys to prove them wrong. But, I mean, I, I don't know if there's something in the higher power, but it, it happened. And so there was back-to-back starts. So it was 13 innings. The first one was six. That one was seven because we played a doubleheader that day for a makeup. And some other people don't know that the following year I pitched against them again and through the first four innings were perfect. So I actually went 17 straight innings against the same organization with no yeah, hits. You got their number, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple teams on the league that have mine. So, <laughs> All right, so uh, let's transition to uh, how your, I guess, baseball career as a player ended and how you transformed into being a coach. Yeah, so um, 
my last year at Windy City, um, my girlfriend was just finishing up college and applying for jobs and stuff. And I had actually um, flew out to Australia. I went and played six months there just to see if there was different eyes out there that could get me a pro ball into affiliated ball. Um, different eyes, different scouts. So I went out there, spent six months, loved it. It was beautiful. Hate to see what's happening now um, on the coast with the fires. But I mean, it was probably a great six months. I pitched well. And it's crazy because I've met two guys, one guy for the Pirates, another guy for the, um, I can't even remember the other team. But they both, they saw me, they came up to me and they're like, how old are you? I go, I'm 27. They're like, they're like, yeah, I don't know if we can do anything about that. So I think that set in while I was in Australia that it was, it was time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, my girlfriend had got a job to St. Louis. She's from here. so um, And when I got back, she was like, well, I'm moving to St. Louis. If you still want to be a part of this relationship, you can come too. If not, then do whatever you have to do. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's what ended it in it. it kind of broke my heart because it was going to be a last time that I was going to be able to play baseball and um but I mean it is what it is you have to grow up sometime so we packed up our stuff moved to St. Louis and like I said coach Bilbrey I had sent out some uh emails um out to some coaches at universities and high schools around and coach CJ was the first one to respond and um at that point I mean going to a new place um, nobody knowing you, I think that was the easiest way to put my foot in the door was baseball. I mean, I just got done with it, so why not try to coach it um, until something else can happen? I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I never set out to be a baseball coach or a guy that gives lessons or anything like that. Um, hell, you could have ask my dad. Like He would always say that. What do you want to do when you get done? And he'd be like, you're gonna you're gonna be a coach, right? And I was just that's nothing that I ever wanted to be. Because um, once I was done, I didn't want to be around it to the fact that if I see a kid struggle or I see guys struggle, not knowing that I could physically go out there and help them win a game, um, just watching them, it, it it's it's terrible. But I guess that's what you have to deal with when you become that coach is that you have to find ways to help them while not being on the field. Um, so I, it kind of took off and ran with it. I mean, it's honestly been a quick four years, and I can't believe I'm still doing it, to be honest. Yeah, I, that was going to be my next question is, did you ever see yourself being a coach? But now that you are a coach and you're here, do you see yourself wanting to be at a higher level? Because, you know, you're at, you're at a college level. That's a pretty high level. You started right at – I would say the 75%, you know, 100 would be major leagues. But do you ever see yourself wanting to be more or are you sitting comfortable with where you're at? I mean, yeah. I mean, playing at the Division One level, um, being around guys at that caliber, um, yes, I, I would love to be at a higher level than the NAI level and travel ball level. But um, – this university has really opened my eyes to see that there's different levels of baseball and that there's dudes that can play. Um, I was that naive kid growing up that it was D1 or bust. 
Um, and not that that made my decision to go to junior college because I didn't want to go to Division Two. Um, honestly, the Division Two my parents couldn't afford. Junior college was more affordable for my family and me, so that was the decision. But oh yes, um, and it's not even a higher level. It's I would say a better job um, description, something that can take care of me, something that when I get older can take care of my family, that would be the job. It's not what level it is, something that's full-time, that gives benefits, that can take care of me when um, something happens. That's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal isn't being like, oh, I want to be the coach for the New York Yankees or I want to be the coach for... um, Vanderbilt University like that's not the ultimate goal the ultimate goal is to be able to have something that I don't have to strain myself for 80 hours a week or something that takes me away from my family stuff like that I mean anything that can help me um prosper in life and get to that next stage in my life to have a family and um to sit comfortably and don't have to worry about when the next bill is being paid that would be the next job for me so do you have any sort of advice for people who that were in your spot where you know you said you played multiple sports and you didn't really know what you wanted to do with your life but you kind of just let sports help you out so for people who wanting to go to school help their parents out not pay too much money for school what's your biggest advice for them you know just keep working or is there like was there something that clicked for you um the biggest advice i would have to give is man it's hard work um Hard work is going to get rewarded over and over and over again. Um, The kids that if you have to be told what to do, how great you are, stuff like that, um, I think you're in for a rude awakening in this world that we live in. Um, With affordability for schools and helping out the family, um, you just have to realize where you fit in. Um, If you are... A junior college kid, go junior college. If you're a Division two kid, do that. If you're a high academic kid and you know that baseball is not in your future and you want to get high academics but still play, the Division three route is not a bad route. There is good baseball at every level, and if you think there isn't, then you are sorely mistaken. There's a lot of teams in each division that could beat up on lower-level teams in each division. Um, but it all goes back to hard work and dedication, man. I know it's a – it's it's a thing that people say over and over and probably kids this this day and age just roll their eyes because they're like oh yeah okay but it truly is i mean my dad never had to wake me up to be like all right let's go work out or anything like that's all i wanted to do i knew that if i wanted to be at that next level where i wanted to be is that i had to i had to outwork other kids that i didn't even know about so um getting up working out extra reps by myself at the baseball field, extra swings, throwing with my dad just at our house, like just anything. I mean, shooting basketball. I would go out and shoot basketball all the time, throw football. I mean, it's not just sitting around, just it has to be one sport. And I would say to most kids, play different sports, take time off, um, play football, play basketball. I mean, every sport has a different aspect that you can have um, that can help you in another sport. Um, Obviously, you got the conditioning side of basketball running up and down, baseball, short explosive movements, and football, I mean, quick sprints, you got to lift weights or you're going to get knocked out. So, um, yeah, I would say that, man. You just got to be able to adapt and play multiple sports, get after it.
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, so to conclude this up, uh, I want to ask you one thing. So from your whole journey from playing as a kid to now where you are today, what has been the biggest, I guess, momentum shift for you that has helped you throughout the journey of playing pro baseball and everything else now becoming a coach? What motivates you the most? What motivates me the most is um, being great. Um, even at the level that I'm at, I always want to win. I hate to lose. So if I can do the most of my power to help these kids win, help these kids succeed at the level that we're at, um, you never know what a kid's background is until you actually meet them. I mean, some of these kids that I deal with, um, father walked out on them, mom walked out of them, being raised by just the entire city. These kids come from no money, some of them. Just seeing them succeed and getting their education, getting their, um, getting to play baseball at the next level. I mean, that's truly inspiring and helping these kids, man. It's 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 truly. I feel like I've had, even though I don't have a kid, I feel like I've had kids before because I've dealt with I do deal with forty kids at the college level, and then I come in to the facility and I got fifteen year olds, sixteen year olds, seventeen year olds. And then I also do lessons with nine and 10 year olds. So just seeing kids grow and seeing them develop, man, and seeing when something clicks for them, their eyes just light up and it's like, oh, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to do or that's what it feels like. And also too, the game of baseball has took me so many places, man. Australia, lived in Chicago for three years, uh, lived in Tennessee for two years, um, traveled to California, New York, Florida, pretty much everywhere other than North Dakota and Wyoming and those states like that, but just be, letting the game be able to let me travel and see different stuff that I don't know if I would be able to see if I was at a regular job nine to five sitting behind a desk unless I actually took like a vacation. Um, but yeah, man, the game, the this sport has opened up so many doors for me and um, allows me to go places that I'll be completely honest, I never thought that I'd ever be able to go. That's awesome, and honestly, that's why I'm doing this podcast is there's so many good lessons and important things. Your story is amazing. Uh, you're impacting so many people. I know they appreciate you. I appreciate you. You, you always help me out coaching-wise. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I uh, appreciate you uh, joining me on this podcast again. This is a Playmaker's View. I was joined by Travis Tingle, and I look forward to providing you guys with some more podcasts in the near future.